Like, that was, I mean, I'm just pretty into you already as a group. You seem unified. You seem like you have a mission. Fucking amazing. We don't even tell you to clap. You just put that together. You put these together. You know what they were? They were your hands. Guys, this is my co-host, Rhea Butcher. Let's hear it for Rhea. I mean, we do say, get ready to clap in the I song. I know, it's so. in the song, but straight up, now tell me. I will. Uh, is it going to be you and me? For a little bit, anyway. Okay, cool. Like, I don't want to make any promises like marriage or anything like that, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, that's my wife. That's my wife for your butcher. Hello. That's my wife, Cameron Esposito. Yep. A little less claps for me being your wife. People are pretty excited about me locking this down. And then yeah, they're like, are. honestly, sure, I feel like she could do better. And that's a little offensive, because I kind of guided you guys through how great your claps were, and then you've just fucking abandoned me immediately. Just immediately. Just right away. Out here on my own. You know when recently we were on our own? When were we on our own? We were on our own after we saw Beyonce. Yes, we were. Over the weekend, we went to see Beyonce. She was playing at the Rose Bowl. She was. Yeah, Sorry, what is I was that? still just having a fun time getting information. Oh, you have your That's shirt all. on. Yeah, my shirt on. So showed You're it wearing up. your shirt. I, I never buy tour shirts, especially if they're over $20, because I think that's insane. But I was like, how much is this? $50? Great. Yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> Can I get it tattooed on me? No? All right. Well, I guess the shirt is You're all right. You were like, I got to get it on the ground floor of this Oh, yeah, Beyonce. She's going to have a big career. Have you guys heard of Beyonce? They played a clip. She played a clip. Okay. What do you want to know about the show? I'll start with a little summary, then you can ask questions. I have to take my jacket off because um, I feel like. So she, it's yeah, it's a she's an ama- I don't she's an amazing shape. Number one, she's an amazing shape. I don't know who trained her. I don't know what she's eating. Fuck, hey, I don't know what's going on. She looks amazing. She looks really good. She looks like she. I think she gave the best performance I've ever seen anybody give. And I like yep. I've seen Madonna, Celine Dion. <laughs> so some of the top performers she knows what's up but I mean I've also seen like just I've really covered some ground I've seen yeah, Metallica you, you've also seen the Pope yeah I've seen the Pope a bunch yeah. I've seen the, the Pope a lot uh-huh. more like a concert than you'd think I don't know if anybody here has ever been to the Pope an audience with the Pope but hey y'all ever been to the Pope the audience <laughs> Number one, the t-shirts are super expensive. Uh, number two, um, they burn when they touch your body if you're a gay person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Ah, number three, ah. it is 
ex- almost exactly like a concert for a boy band. When I went to see the Pope, I went to see... When Interesting John, choice of words. Oh, well, okay. Well, oh, moving on. I went to see the Pope a lot when I was a Catholic person, when, I was, when John Paul II was the Pope, and I don't know if anybody's ever been to an audience with the Pope, but before he comes out, the audience chants. And so it was... It was John Paul II, so the chants were like, JP2, we love you. And Giovanni Paolo. The clap. Yeah, yeah, I know I get it. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> then he was at the end of his life, he was like not super mobile sure. at the time. So then he stands on a balcony when you're having an audience with him but it's on stage but he doesn't the balcony actually rolls out with him already on it it's a pretty fucking cool way to enter something I would love to, to just create a new part of the building sure. you're already on it see the Pope like doing his grocery shopping in a motorized just balcony just on a balcony Oh, the smoke is being let go. That means sorry. It's there's a whole thing. Anyway, my point <laughs> is. Like, anyway, back to Beyonce. Um, we were at Beyonce. She. I mean, it's unbelievable. There's this weird cube, and it's it, called the monolith. It's giant. It's on uh, the back of my shirt. Yeah, but it's bigger. IRL. It's way bigger. <laughs> it's way bigger IRL, and it's and it's so it's a cube, and it like spins and it plays videos and stuff like this. And they did play a video of her when she was 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, I just turned 16, and I think I'm going to... These are the things I want. And then Beyonce was like, that was me 20 years ago. <laughs> and first of all, that's... Do you know... Oh, I forgot to mention. Do you know who else I've seen in concert? Destiny's Child. Oh. When I was 16. <laughs> ah, she okay. does know what the all fuck right. she's talking about. <laughs> yeah, when I was kind 16. Kind of the same thing. But also, like, I wish... Someday I have to just make a list of all the people that I've seen play live. Mm-hmm. It's a weird list. Yeah, and I should make a, a list of all the people I've seen play live. And that would be a weird list. We should like, stack those against each, each other. other. And there's probably no overlap. Yeah, except for Beyonce. None. Who else do you think we've both seen? Tegan and Sarah, we saw them together. Yeah, we saw them together. But also, wait, had you seen them before? Yeah, yeah. we both saw them separately. Yeah. But that's just but the kind same of like, show. Of course. <laughs> Um, what have we not seen, Tegan? And yeah, Sarah? I know yeah. what I mean. Who else? Do you know what else is funny? Literally, the only other band I think we both seen, like before we knew each other, was Uh Huh Her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're very gay. We're super gay. Um, I don't know if you, you guys... know what Uh Huh Her is, but it's if you do, band, you're also gay. Yeah, so you're a gay person. <laughs> it's Leisha Haley's band, and Leisha Haley was Alice on the L Word, and we both went to see Uh Huh Her. Uh-huh. We were at the same really hard band name, Leisha. Uh-huh, her. Uh-huh, her. That's what you're going with? It's kind of French. Difficult. Hard to say. Uh, we went to see Beyonce. She has been yeah. doing this for 20 years. Oh, do you know what else I picked up from her that I thought... We didn't even talk about this, but I thought this was one of the fucking coolest things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. She kept saying... So she's at the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. which she sold out. It's a very fucking large venue. And she kept saying, I want to thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Every, she's so, she's so smart. <laughs> Do you guys realize that is the classiest way to say like, 
I don't know how much you paid to be here, but <laughs> it was a fucking lot. Because <laughs> you could be like, thanks for coming, but uh -huh. thanks for having me implies that like this group of people was just at the Rose Bowl. <laughs> and then she was like, Beyonce I'm was so like, sorry, uh, do you mind if I just, it'll be so quick and I have this monolith, are you okay with it? And then everybody individually was like, I'll stick around, sure. <laughs> Do your little thing, you know? 15 or 20 outfit yeah. changes later. Right. I mean, it just made me really feel like she had our permission yeah, to yeah, perform yeah. for us. Yeah. So amazing. She was crushing it. She was, yeah. We were affected. We were affected. I mean, everybody was she affected. She started with formation, which was, like, amazing, because uh, it was, like, a lot of lead-in, and then she came out in formation, and I was like, oh, my God, like, losing it. <laughs> And then she started the I slay part, and she's like, oh, my ladies, if you slay every day, say I slay. And I was like, this is so great. This is so great. I don't participate in this stuff, like, because, I mean, I have a weird voice, and I, I look like this, and my hair's short. And then she was like, if you know exactly who you are, say I slay. And I was like, I slay! Yeah. When, when we got home, we watched video that Rhea had taken of that moment, and you can hear her admitting to herself that she slays. I was like, I slay! And I will also say this. You know what I will say about Beyonce's show? Because I know this is also a podcast. She's also coming back to Dodger Stadium. Here's no. another thing I will say about, about Beyonce's show, because there's probably people who are going to see her that are going to listen to this. You know what's fucking great about her show? She is fucking black in that show. She is yeah. black. Yes. Like, there is not one part of that show that I, as a white person, felt like I fully understood. And that's a good thing. <laughs> Do you know, like, I want her to be empowering to me. I want to feel like she is our strong female leader. But then I also want to see that see, feel like see, she has seen some shit, been mm -hmm. through some shit that I can't understand. And I, that's, that's, that is what I want. That's how I want us to talk about race in America. I want, like, one very, very, or many, I just would like a black person to say, like, listen, I'm here for all of you. I didn't wear pants. That's a special side gift. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about my experience. I'm going to tell you that we're all similar in a lot of ways, but... Additionally, I've been through some shit that has made me a little bit cooler than you, and I respect you. Thank you for having me. Allow me to tell you about the ways in which I am a superior and interesting person. <laughs> I think that's a very, I think it's very awesome. She yeah. also, like, you know, because we live in a world that, um, ugh, I mean, I don't want to, like, hmm. bash anybody, but I just, I saw it not too long ago, my makeup artists, the makeup artists that were working on our show with us, mm -hmm. there's always like a lot of chatter in a makeup uh, trailer. It's really fun in there, and they're like into it, and they were talking about Little Kim, and I'm mm -hmm. not, again, I don't want to be down on anybody, but Little Kim, who's who I love, I think she recently, um, she's either wearing her makeup very differently, or she's dyed her hair, or maybe some... I don't know what's going on. Some sort of skin lightning has happened. And she does not look like the little Kim that I remember. And I can understand that if you're a person that is a person of color in this country, that, um, actually, you know what? I can't understand. I can't understand what mm -hmm. it's like. And I can't understand what pressures you would be Good job. up against. <laughs> Thank you. I can't understand. But I'm really, I don't know, do you guys remember when those Pepsi Beyonce ads came out? Do you remember that? It was a couple years ago. There was a giant one on Sunset. 
and they like blonded her out and they really changed her skin tone and it's like upsetting because she's definitely the president of the world <laughs> right yeah and I just think she earned that by being honest about who she is mm-hmm. and I really hope that she doesn't ever feel pressure to change who she is and instead she just leads us mm-hmm. with her example she's I just really like her <laughs> she's really nice <laughs> So what happened after the concert? Well, the, then a disaster happened. <laughs> Personal disaster. Personal disaster happened. So we took an Uber to the show because they were like, don't drive. Take Ooh. public transportation. Yeah. Take ride share. There's, it's Can I just ask you a question? Because you had heard from the Rose Bowl yeah. not to The Rose Bowl drive. was like, They emailed hey. you and yep. said, you have tickets to Beyonce, but mm-hmm. don't drive. Did anybody um, tell you to drive? Cameron Esposito wanted to drive, but I convinced her otherwise. Oh, yeah. Because you were like, we will have to worry about parking. Yeah, we'll have to worry about parking. Which is a great concern. Has anybody ever been to the Rose Bowl? (laughs) There's a lot of people in there. It's in the middle of a park. Around the park? In a canyon. Nothing. There's one house. You can't get to that house. You don't even know who lives there. (laughs) There's nothing nearby. There's nowhere you could walk to. And there's not great service. No. So we left the concert a little bit early to hop in an Uber, have a, a great end of our evening. Yeah. Um, and then we kept asking guards, oh, where's the Uber lot? And their directions, every guard that I talked to was that way. So we had to just walk through a golf course that was like poorly lit. But they, they didn't had tell balloons us. in the sky with the numbers of the parking lot sections. Yeah. Which were like just in the wind. So you couldn't actually tell. There's balloons. If Look it was for the balloon. Because then says the next eight. time you looked, it was like over here. They were like, you just have to go to the balloon that says eight. But what they also didn't tell you is that there are nine parking lots. Yes. And it goes one, and two, three, so you, four. So you have to walk across. Five, six, seven, eight. You have to walk through eight, seven eight. full parking lots to get to the eighth parking lot. And we got a little lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and we stopped to slow dance. We did. Because we were like losing it. And then Cameron was like, let's dance to it. What did we dance to? I don't know. Halo? But I think we danced to Halo. Which yeah, was it was Halo. Thing. And yeah. I was like, I can see your Halo. Just danced in a golf course yeah. to Halo. It was very nice. romantic. And we, so but we're then like right back to fighting. It. Right back to fighting, <laughs> screaming at each other. Like the further out, like we were like, oh, that was so great. What a great experience. What the hell's happening? Where Seven are we? Is like, I hate you and I want a divorce. Yeah, at, that like just, point, <laughs> at that point, I was just like, we should have driven. We should have driven. We would be home by now. So, <laughs> so we're walking and then I see, I was like, oh, there's the Uber lot. And then we walk and there is a river in between. <laughs> An actual river. An actual, like they the, didn't the say, of the if you go like directly this. straight this way, there's a fork and a river. Make sure you stay to the left. In Los Angeles, no less. They didn't say you might end up on the other side of a river and then be able mm-hmm. to look at the Uber lot and then the concert may have gotten out and then everybody else might currently be lining there. out for an Uber while you're still trying to walk around this river. Then you get over there, you still don't have phone service, but mm-hmm. then everybody's trying to get an Uber yeah. and people are losing their fucking minds. Losing their they minds. are covered in lemons. Like they're just like really yeah. in the Beyonce zone and, and they've so, got like t-shirts and everybody's fucking hammered yeah. and everybody's calling like just press 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 and people are waving like hundred like three hundred dollar bills just in their hands yeah. like someone take me somewhere <laughs> take and, me somewhere 
and I had 4% battery on my phone, yes. and I called a Lyft driver and, like, got a drive and, like, sent him. I don't know how we connected with I don't with know how person. I did this. He was also I, he like, took my I'm ride. in a secret side lot. I'm in lot 10. <laughs> and then I was because like, Uber kicked Lyft out because they had signed a contract, so they made Lyft drivers, like, go far away. But then away. I was they also like, Leah, I don't know this strange voice talking to me on the phone being yeah. like, separate from the rest of them. <laughs> go two but, parking lots further. It's the final parking lot. Oh, you'll be on the other side of a river from everyone. <laughs> but I was, but we were, it was wait, so, wait, so desperate. How many people do you think were out there trying to get an Uber? A thousand. No, I think maybe two. I honestly Minimum think Minimum a thousand people th- being there like. There were more people coming. There were more people, people coming. people that live here. So when we were trying to, like, what? <laughs> nobody knows how yeah, to fix anything in LA. That's like, a great Does point. anyone have a cigarette? No, I don't know how to get true. home. You're exactly right. <laughs> that's your about it too but people were going we're gonna walk to old town pasadena <laughs> do you know how far that is it's far it's a one and a half hour probably it's like walk if you walk from here to, to old residential town pasadena. area <laughs> same thing so we got to the lot and the guy's flashing his lights and cameron's like i don't know if we should get in this he car was I, was like, like, I think we have like, to he was like okay. i'm under a tree i'm flashing my lights and i was like all right so we get in this car he's just the, he's just a nice man just a nice guy. Like, what? Actually, he's just you know a what nice it was? man. He, Rhea has a really high lift rating. I have a super high lift rating. And he was like, I want that one. Because he was just seeing, like, all these, like, he knew everybody else was going to people walking barf. around, basically. Yeah. And he was like, I want that one. And I have a 4.99 rating on lift. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much for appreciating Rhea. I mean, honestly, and we knew immediately why, like, how, because I didn't realize... I've talked to Uber drivers and Lyft drivers before. I yeah, think yeah. this was the most candid anybody has ever been with yes. me. Because we were like, oh my God, thank you. I mean, honestly, by the time we got into this Lyft, it was one and a half hours after we had left the show. Yeah. And like, there are people that I, like, I, f- I honestly feel like maybe There's still people didn't make it. Like, I actually feel like people <laughs> might have died. Like, you should dredge that river. Like, I'm not sure. <laughs> we left like we were going there. to the zoo, you know, to get to the 134 through Glendale. And so we were driving through, like, crazy twisting. There were, we were hitchhiking. Dudes in, in the mountains. Going like, well, I guess this is my life now. Yeah. <laughs> people were hitchhiking in the mountains in head-to-toe formation. <laughs> It was, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't know if I've ever seen, like, I mean, yeah. hundreds of people hitchhiking. And yeah. also, Pasadena's residential, so they were just standing on people's lawns. Yeah. Just standing on, just like, going, some I don't ritual know what dude's to do lawn, now. just hitchhiking no one, like, hitchhiking a lift. But then our lift driver was also, because this is, he was, I mean, because we were like, why would he have waited for us? Yeah. Why would he have, you text him, like, oh, my phone's going to die. Call my wife. Mm-hmm. He called me. Like, why would any of this worked out? Why would we have Almost gotten out of there? And he was like, it's your high rating. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, oh, yeah. And then, you know, like, are sometimes people rude to you? And he mm-hmm. was like, well, yeah. I mean, that's part of it. I just figure people, it's a Saturday night. I only drive on the weekends. I feel like people are usually drunk. That doesn't bother me at all. It's the sex. <laughs> <laughs> And we should tell them the rest of that after some comics have been up, Oh, right? can I just finish the one thing? Oh. We're going to bring our comic up. All right, fine. Because he said that it, I was, he said that it happens almost every night. Almost every night somebody tries to have sex in his mm-hmm. car. And he said uh, that he, if it's a man and a woman or a two dudes, he asks them to leave because it's mm-hmm. too messy. 
He's like, make, making out is fine. Go ahead yeah. and make out and yeah. maybe hands and pants, yeah. but I don't want any... He was like, lesbian sex is not a problem. Totally fine. <laughs> but he said it in just such a it straightforward way. It wasn't creepy. I can't explain to you he why it wasn't like, creepy. He was like, you get it. It's not messy. Yeah, and we, we were, were like, like, no, yeah, you're right. There's no, nothing at the end. I mean, it can be, but it's you'd fine. have to kind of like do some maneuvering and it's like angles and stuff. And honestly, I don't think we can do that in the back of the car. It's a good point. Plus, Rhea was sitting in the front. It, you understand. It's a Prius. You know what I mean. Well, guys, uh, are you glad we made it? <laughs> That's real. What's your... Thank you, guys. Hey, uh, this, next, this next comic is somebody that I love and think is hilarious, and I'm so happy that she's here tonight. Let's hear right now for Alice Wetterland. Give it up for Alice! <laughs> Give it up for the wives. Thank you for having me here. That's funny, Ria. I also have a 4.99 rating on uh, my Uber profile, but that's, uh, I think it's because I always fuck. <laughs> like, I only fuck in the Uber. You know, like, I don't, I never get into an Uber unless I have a partner <laughs> or a toy. Um, let's be cool with the single people here. Um, hello, audience. Um, some news of the day. We're going to have a uh, female president. <laughs> Get on board, motherfuckers. It's happening. It's going forward. And this is the gloating period for me, okay? Um, this is the time in which we're gradually seeing what's happening, and we're going, okay, that's the option, and we're going to take it, okay? We're all going to fucking take it. I don't care what you thought was going to happen, okay? Yes, I agree. Bernie Sanders, great guy. Really good candidate, okay? He's not going to be president, okay? Deal with it. Just fucking take a minute if you need it. Deal with it, okay? That's the reality, and that's just how it's going to be. We're going to have a woman president. It's going to be Hillary Clinton. Does she have Bernie's track record? No, she does not. Is she the only person that could be the next female president? Yeah, you can't have... If they, Okay, here, let me explain this to you. Let me explain this to you. Just, okay. You can't... There, if, we, if a lady was said, said the stuff and was the person that Bernie is. Like, maybe you think, oh, it'd be great if we had somebody who was like Bernie Sanders but was a woman, then I would, yes. Okay, but that woman could not be, okay, that woman could be president of a cat shelter. Like, that's how far <laughs> she would get. Do you understand me? Like, nobody would ever pay attention to that lady who is like, listen, I think the 1% cannot control 99% of the resources. They'd be like, all right, you're on your period. Get back in your cell. You know, that's what would happen. That would, nobody would elect that person, okay? I'm, I applaud Bernie Sanders. I'm so glad that he got, as far as he did, I think he has some really great ideas. It does seem like those ideas are all written on, like, loose pieces of paper in his pockets, but... <laughs> I think he's great, and I'm glad he's in the race as long as he is, but we're having a female fucking president, all right? Deal with it. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm excited that some of you are not excited. That's how excited I am. If any of you aren't, I'm like, oh, yes, bring it on. Heats me from within. Cold on the outside. I should go to the doctor. I, uh... I've always been a Hillary supporter, obviously. I've always been a Hillary supporter. And it's not, it's not because she's a woman, you know? I'm a huge feminist, obviously, but it's not because she's a woman. It's because Hillary Clinton has been in the White House the most. 
of anyone who's ever run for president, I think. Like, she is so in the experiential world. She's never going to get distracted by, like, where's the bathroom? Like, she knows everything about that shit. All of it, right? Like, she knows all the people that, like, live in the cabinets or whatever. Like, I don't... I don't know what it is. She gets it, though. She knows all that shit, you know? And I think experience is a plus, you know? I think it's important to have experience. You know, what I worry about, though, is um, the American voters, because sometimes they want what's called a, a maverick. Uh, and what a maverick is, 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 you know, Donald Trump, that's your maverick, right? He gets, tells it, tells it like it is, you know? He just, like, says things, and that's telling it like it is. And that, that's somebody who's going to, so that's a maverick, right? Somebody's going to come in from the outside, not knowing what the fuck is going on in here, and going to shake it up. Right, that's what people think is going to happen. Right, that somebody's going to come in Washington and shake it up. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to shake it. Right. The problem is that's it's a dumb thing. You shouldn't want that. Right. You shouldn't want something. The less experience does not equal more. Like no, no job works like that. Do you know what I mean? Like you would never, ever hire some. Like if. Like say there you say you had you had a problem with your sink like your sink was clogged, well or say my hey, let's do this say my sink was clogged right and I was like what do I do what do I do what, who would you tell me to call? The plumber. Oh, what'd you say? Plumber. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> plumber. <laughs> nice try. Uh, I don't want somebody from the plumbing world who's like, business as usual, coming in, bugging, going in there and like, knowing what all the pipes do. No, no thanks. I want somebody who I can trust, right? I want to open my comedian. You know, somebody who thinks like me to come in and fucking, no, that's not, that's not what you, but then the second we have any power over any job, it's like, we just want somebody who's like, I'm just a I'm a, just a guy, but I could be the president. No, you couldn't. Get off my TV. <laughs> you don't know shit about shit. Donald Trump is uh, effectively just a really uh, like a landlord. He's a really bad landlord too. Like you don't. If you lived in a Trump building you, and you were like, hey, my like I my my floor fell in. You're like, well, it fell in because you're a loser. <laughs> and then you'd have a broken floor and you feel bad about yourself so that would suck that's how it would be to live in his America um, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm single uh, well I don't like you know I don't like the term single I, I feel like that's kind of stigmatized um, you know I prefer the term panicked uh, <laughs> you know and uh, it's just how you know I, and I say that but at the same time I kind of like being alone I like you know doing what I want to do whenever I want to do it, which is, you know, how I act in relationships. But then somebody's sad. Um, you know, and uh, the last guy I dated was, you know, we had a rep break. He was great, you know, but he, he was a musician, which is hot. <laughs> I gotta say, it's hot. Because, like, I get, really, I get really turned on by lending people money. Uh, and it was, like, sexy, you know. Um, but I freaked out because I, I met somebody and, uh, you know, I've been seeing him for a little while and he's, he's great, you know, he's really cool and I think he's going to be my boyfriend. Um, he's a, he's, he's a feminist. <laughs> well, he's, he's 25, so he's whatever I make him be. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but he's great. Um, the thing is that he doesn't, you know, I, I, I don't have much time, so I'm going to leave, 
I'm going to leave you with that. You know, I'm going to tell you this one quick thing. I've been wanting to talk about this. It's sort of a weird thing, but I want to talk about this. I'm, uh, I stopped drinking uh, and, uh, about 100 days ago. And, uh, and so it's cool. Um, it's just that it's weird to talk about on stage, but like I, at a certain point, like for me, um, alcohol was coming in, like getting in the way of my relationship with cocaine. And I, um, uh, I had to do it. So you know, the thing is, like, it's... It's cool. I'm in. A, I'm in a good place with it, um, and uh, and I'm kind of proud because I can stand here, you know, and I can say I'm. I don't have to be drunk to get into a car accident. So um, thank you, guys. <laughs> that sounds like I. I did rear end two people here. So if you're one of those people, like, why'd you get out of the car? We have places to be. Okay, thank you, guys. <laughs> so much. and I play on the same baseball team. It's actually her baseball team. So, credit, yeah, credit where credit is due. And uh, it's great that Alice was talking about Hillary because I'm also a Hillary supporter. So there! Take it easy! Just getting out front of it. Um, and I had this experience uh, on Sunday during our game, which reminds me, like, a lot of the... Just the experience of the election that I felt like. Um, I was playing and uh, went up to bat, and there's a dude umping that was from the other team but not playing, uh, and then he was just, like, talking with the pitcher, looking at me, talking to the pitcher, looking at me. I was like, that's weird. I wonder what's going on there. And I, I believe I got a hit uh, that at-bat. And then after that inning was over, he came over to me and he goes, hey, I'm crowding the plate too much. Watch out. If you get hit, I'm calling it a strike. This is baseball. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> that's it. You're cu- those aren't the... That's not the... Those aren't the rules of baseball. And you're telling me those are the rules of baseball. And so um, I just got mad about it interpersonally <laughs> to myself and my teammates for the rest of the game <laughs> and then waited till the end and he tried to shake my hand and I was like, uh-uh. I mean, I didn't say uh-uh. I just said it with my eyes. I was just like... I had Hillary... <laughs> I had Hillary Clinton eyes on. And also he'd been telling my male teammates to tell me to back off the plate, which none of them did. So I love my male teammates. They're great. Because they were like, she's not going to listen to me about that. (laughs) So I didn't shake his hand, and I was like, look, this is baseball. Two dudes got hit. They went to first base. You don't need to tell me how to play the sport just because I'm a woman. You don't need to tell me anything just because I'm a woman. Period. And he was like, okay. (laughs) And then walked away. So my point is, I'm with her. Anyway, I thought it would be funnier, but it wasn't. It was just me, like, reliving that experience. And having the same amount of adrenaline go through my body as it did on Sunday. And now I'm just going, like... Because he was way taller than me, too, so it was pretty great. I was like, hey! Hang on a minute! Like, very chicken, chicken hawk about it, and it felt really great. I really should have been, like... Next time, because there will be a next time. So next time I'll kick the dirt. Anyway, you guys want to keep the show rolling? I really do. This next topic is a friend of the show. We love it when he stops by. I love talking sports with this guy. Please give a warm welcome to Blake Wexler. You hit him, Cole. 
wanted to strike. What a fucking idiot. And and the funniest part for those of you who don't know sports, that guy was wearing like a child's like little chest protector and a mask when he said that. Really? Like, oh, good. You look like a war walrus. What are you fucking doing, you war walrus? Huh? I didn't expect to hear that phrase, did you? But that's what you get, and that's why LA's great. Um, so I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. So, uh, hello, I'm Blake. Good evening. Yes, a stern nod. I am um, looking for that stern nod. So, stern nod. I am. Um, most com- comedians, which I'm not one of, um, close with uh, they close with their funniest bit. Um, I'm gonna open with it. So, this is the funniest thing I've ever said in my entire life, um, and I said it off stage, as I will often do. So, um, I was uh, at a chiropractor, and the son of a gun is just going at my back. He's just dominating it in every aspect. And uh, he pushes in, and his knuckle cracks, and I turn around and I say, That'll be $5. <laughs> it's uh, the pinnacle of fucking comedy. <laughs> Fucking nuts. How much was this show? $100,000 to get in? Because that's the only appropriate price. It's the appropriate price. It starts at that joke and then we'll build up. Uh, fucking Jesus Christ. So, um, fucking Jesus Christ. And uh, I have an album coming out Friday and that's what it's called. And it's not what it's called, but how are you? So, I, um, so this is another story. Uh, this is a story about the, uh, the drunkest I've ever been in my entire goddamn life. Um, I was a sophomore at Emerson College, and uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's a uh, it's a private institution for gay Jews. That's just it's accredited. It's an accredited gay Jewish institution, number one. And I'm like, that's as close to on brand as possible. I will fucking attend that college. Those are the only people who find me funny. So I went there. It was the best years of my life. And uh, one night, uh, sophomore year of college, um, I had taken 16 shots. And that's where the story begins. So I had taken that many, and um, I went to my roommate Dan's room. And it's 100% a true story. And Dan had smoked uh, a bad strain of weed. And I don't smoke weed, but, but I love high people. They're my favorite people to be around. So Dan starts freaking the fuck out. And he goes, ah, 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 I see everything! Which is never good, by the way. It's never, it's, it's never the things that you want to see. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It's never, oh, I see everything. I'm going to be married with three beautiful children and the CEO of a Fortune 500 company at the age of 32. It's never fucking that. It's, it's, oh, I see everything. A demon is finger fucking my brother Brian. Like, that's usually how it goes. So he starts projectile vomiting like the worst sprinkler you've ever seen and it's just just like and at that moment I'm like oh it'll be funny if I start playing Happy Holidays by Bing Crosby through the speakers and spoiler alert it was funny it was hilarious so at the lowest point of my my best friend's goddamn life he is going like kill me Happy Holidays Happy holidays. By the way, I hope Bing Crosby sues the podcast. And I don't hope that, but we can edit it out. So um, I, uh, so I'm like, all right, well, I've peaked. And I leave. And I black out, as you will if you drink that much. Your brain's like, no, 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 no. And I come to, and I'm climbing uh, uh, the, I guess, the glass. 
at a, an Emerson College Berkeley School of Music ice hockey game. The pinnacle of athleticism. The top, it's the top of athleticism. I think there was a Berkeley School of Music kid using like a violin. It's like, a, you know, like just trying to hit the disc. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, I'm climbing this glass and uh, the, the, what's it called? Uh, the what's it called? The national anthem. <laughs> was playing and in the middle of it I screamed at the top of my goddamn lungs hey I suck John Mayer's dick <laughs> side note John Mayer went to Berkeley School of Music so it wasn't totally random um <laughs> So at that moment, momentum's a bitch. I uh, flew over the top of the, the thing, and I landed on the ice, and they had to, like, drag me off. But I kept trying to gain my footing, and it was... I think it took a half an hour to get me off the fucking ice. So I black out again, and I come to... And by the way, I'm not proud of this. And I come to, and I'm in uh, the dorms, and I see, like, my door. And um, I knew... Like, I didn't know what a door was, but I knew it was relevant, you know? Like, I'm like, how do you, do you, like, run at it? Is this, like, platform one and three-eighths? Like, what do you do? What do you do? So I, I kick open the, the, the barrier, and I, I yell, cannonball! And I jump into bed, and uh, someone screamed, because I had gotten off on the wrong floor. So... I would kicked open a stranger's door and yelled, cannonball! And jumped into bed with them. So I, I, I get into my room, and then um, I, I black out. I come to, and then there's uh, two Boston cops and uh, a stretcher coming in with Blakey Boy's name written all over it. And, uh, and I stand up on my bed, and I, and I didn't understand the gravity of the situation. And I'm like, hey, guys, thank you so much for coming out. Um, fuck, man. I got to go to sleep. So, so you can hang out. Just keep it down. And, and I woke up the next day with a fine from the city of Boston that I'm still paying off. But the weirdest part... <laughs> of that entire goddamn tale is I opened up my wallet that, uh, that next day and I saw a ticket to, uh, to Charlie Murphy's stand-up comedy special <laughs> in my wallet. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck is this? I couldn't have gone to that. There's no way I'd gone to that. And just this year, um, my friend works at Comedy Central and I was looking through all like, these old stand-up comedy specials, like just all my favorite comedians, and I see one from, from Charlie Murphy, and I'm just like, oh, I'll fucking watch that, whatever, you know, I have time, I'll watch it. And uh, they cut away to the audience in the middle of one of his bits, and there's just a close-up on me, just like... <laughs> I'm just like, I gotta stop drinking. <laughs> I can't keep drinking. Thank you all for listening. All right, have a good night. Goodbye. I'm Blake. Thank you. Blake Wexler, you guys, the star of Charlie Murphy's stand-up special. Very exciting stuff. Very exciting stuff. You were at the chiropractor, Blake? You were. He was. He said he was. I think he went back to the other backstage. No, that's okay. You went to the chiropractor? Oh, yeah. Do you go a lot? Do you go to the chiropractor often? Uh, I don't have insurance anymore, so I went twice. So you went twice. (laughs) Uh, Did it help? Did it help with what was going on? Yeah, briefly. Briefly. Yeah. Do you still have stuff going on now? I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna tell you why I'm asking all these questions. Over the weekend, uh, so I've been. You know what? I have been having shoulder pain for I think seven years. <laughs> but I'm, you know, an adult. So I've done nothing <laughs> about it. I thought it was stress. I just, and especially like the last couple years of my life have been mostly on the road. I've been mostly on the road doing shows, and so I thought like. 
that I just had in my mind this thing where I would come home and then I would stop doing shows and I would stop being so stressed and I would stop being on planes and uh, my back wouldn't hurt anymore. Um, and then I went and I was getting a bunch of massages and the guy who was giving me a massage, um, who by the way, fucking rules. I love this guy. He's great at his job. And he's also a twink. And that is amazing. Because I don't know if you've ever had a massage from like anyone, but like a very small gay man has never given me a massage before. That's, ne- that's not who usually has that job. I, like a large gay man, yes, I've done it. All sorts of women, absolutely. Women with arms. <laughs> it's usually someone that can that seems like they could provide enough force to be doing what it feels like they're doing. But you know, I like lay face down on the on the table and then stuff happens behind me on my back and I don't know who's doing that cuz this guy is very small. I feel like he climbs the wall. <laughs> And it's just his elbow, but his entire body behind it. (laughs) To provide enough traction to be, like, really getting that like that. But he was like, um... He was looking at me the first time he looked at my back, and he was like, oh, I see. Okay, you have scoliosis. And I was like, uh... No, I don't. And he was like, oh... Because he realized that he was going to be the person that told me that I have scoliosis. Um, He was like, you know, listen, I'm not a doctor. I just noticed a large curve in your back to the right, and I noticed that it comes out, and I think you need to go see a doctor. Um, And I was filming something, so it took me six weeks to get to a doctor, and then over the weekend, I went to a chiropractor, I had x-rays, and then the next day I went in and saw them, and the chiropractor was like, well, it's exact, now here's the thing, I don't know, has anybody had a chronic thing before that, I've had other chronic things in my life, even if you know it's a thing, like you know you're in pain all the time, somebody tells you you have a weird back, then you go home, you look at your back and you go, Oh, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> There's still a part of you that's like, I can't f- wait for this chiropractor to tell me nothing's fucking wrong. Like, there's a, there's a part, there's an arrogant, like, still, like, just a one little baby born on her first day, like, this body's fixed, and ain't nothing wrong with it. You know, like, I mean, I think about the damage I do to my own body, you know, I'm like, oh, I wish I eat, could eat better, or if I always had time to exercise, but it's so hard when you're on the road. But I never think about, like, that something might be actually wrong with my body. It's, it's not, we can't, we can't, like, metabolize that in our brains. We can't think like that. So even as I went in there, I was like, I can't wait for this guy to give me a clean bill of health. But instead he was like, yeah, you have a large curve. And um, for some reason, because I didn't think I was going to need further treatment, I decided to go to a doctor in Beverly Hills. And I, I live on the east side of town. And Beverly Hills is very far away. It's, I try to never go there. Uh, just because it's far, and I don't know what to wear. <laughs> I always carry my briefcase when I'm around there. <laughs> just like, then it doesn't matter. Well, she's on her way to business, and we don't know what she does. 
She must be really successful. She looks like shit. You know, like, that's a real thing, right? Just leveraging your, like, nah. Yeah, a hat. A knit cap. It's 90. I'm making it, you know? So I went to this actor that was in Beverly Hills, and he was like, okay, great. Um, You know, on your way out, you're going to get a treatment plan from Joanne. You will also give her a deposit. And I was like, wait, what now? And he, uh, he also gave me my first adjustment. And I have had chiropractic work done, but in a very long time, a very long time ago. It is weird when they do it to you because you snap a bunch and everything's fine. But if you hear that about your body, there's a part of you afterwards that's like, am I okay? Like, you're not sure. Because it doesn't even hurt, but you're just like, I heard it. Did you hear that shit? That was cracky. They broke a bunch of bones. Take me to the hospital. (laughs) So you get up and you're like disoriented. Stuff feels good, but maybe also bad. You're not sure what's happening. Like also because it was it's like my neck also. So he was like, you know, you know when you know when somebody just casually is talking to you about the fact that you're going to see Beyonce that night, and then they just also snap your neck uh, like, and, and you, you know that move from movies where that person dies right after that you don't think about it as a medicine you know you're, they either die or they drank that stuff that she drank in Death Becomes Her and those are the only two options somebody spins your neck around like that so I, I have just been adjusted and I'm dealing with the fact that I have scoliosis and that, I'm, that somebody's telling me this and then I'm in a lot of pain and like, oh, the pain's probably not going to go away because it's going to require treatment and that might take a long time. And then I get kind of shuffled into this room and uh, this woman who's their bookkeeper sits me down and she's like, okay, so the plan is it's three days a week for a year and here's how much it's going to cost. But if you pay today, it'll cost a lot less than that, which is fucking crazy behavior. Like that's crazy that's crazy. That's like getting you to buy a car that you do not want because it's a model that's not moving in a color no one wants on the day for less money. Like, if you pay us today for something you just found out about, hey, how's your neck, by the way? Are you still dizzy? You're alive. No, nothing's broken. I'm looking at you right in the face. Would you like to pay now? So I was like, no, I don't think so, but I'll make like a half deposit. I don't know. I somehow compromised with her. Then I got home and I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning and I was like, I just committed to going to Beverly Hills three days a week for one year, which would cost, like, not just the money. That would take three hours round trip, three days a week. I would be driving nine hours to go get chiropractic work. So definitely just voiding out any amount of change that had happened to my back. And I decided to call them and ask for my deposit back and to cancel my follow-up appointment, try and find someone closer here. When I called up, that woman, Joanne, was the person who answered. She's like, hello. I was like, oh, it's Cameron Esposito. I'm supposed to have an appointment this morning, but I'm looking for somebody in my neighborhood. It's just too far. You know, it's, um, I had a great experience in the office, but I need to get my money back. And she said, hang on a second. I assumed she was getting another call. Do you know what she was doing? Putting me on hold so that the doctor could get on the phone which is also sinister. <laughs> like, a sinister move, because this chiropractor picks up the phone, and he's like, hey, Cameron, I uh, loved meeting you. So already he's, like, setting us up like, like we had some great date. Like, we had a great time. I loved meeting you. 
really happy about your budding stand-up career. Shouldn't have told that fucking guy what I did. He's got details about me. He's like remembering them. He's looking at a chart where he clearly read shit about me that I yelled while he was also like stabbing me. Uh, We really want you to stay with the office. Is there, uh, you know, just seems like a bad choice to not get care. And it was eight o'clock in the morning. I have no idea how I mustered enough like courage and wherewithal to be like, no. I don't want to come. I don't want to come. It's too much driving. Give me the money back. My mom will call you. So now I gotta find another fucking chiropractor on this side of town. You guys ready to keep this show rolling? Awesome, you guys. This next comic, it is his first time on the show. Whenever it is somebody's first time on the show, we go crazy for them. Let's hear it right now for Brent Gill. Give it up for him. Come on. Hello, everybody. Hello there. Hello. It's good to be here. I am uh, I'm in town from Denver, Colorado. I, uh, I flew here. Yes, I do have weed in the green room as well. Don't worry. Uh, we're good to go. I was flying here and I was watching my favorite movie, my little tablet device, the movie Big. Yeah, yeah, right? Right? The classic by director Penny Marshall, you know? He doesn't like it. That's fine. That's fine. We don't want you either, sir. Watching that movie, and uh, I don't know if you guys travel like I do, but I'm the kind of guy that gets wicked baked on the way to the airport, because I don't like flying with weed, right? So I find myself double-fisting joints the entire drive to the airport, right? Just like, fucking hurry! Go! 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 And then everyone on the super shuttle is pissed, right? And I get on the plane finally and I'm watching this movie and you ever watch your favorite movie like one joint too high and you start picking apart like the flaws of that movie, right? And you ruin your favorite movie. Like for some reason I'm totally on board with 13 year old making a wish and waking up as 30 year old Tom Hanks, right? I've been wishing for that for 15 years, you know? I can't get behind the idea that a 13-year-old wakes up in a 30-year-old man's body and immediately starts chasing 30-year-old women. Right? Because if that's 13-year-old Brent and I wake up in 30-year-old man's body, I'm probably going to keep chasing the same 13-year-old tail I've been chasing my entire life, and that is a way different movie. Right? Like, that's not something that the director of A League of Their Own is going to be able to handle, right? That's a movie that you need to bring in the big guns for. A director that gets it. Someone like Roman Polanski, right? <laughs> oh, I love that joke. Because some, some of you don't get that, and that's all right. Let's just say he got as the pianist a little too close to an underage Chinatown, all right? Oh, that's all right. I only have that joke for New York and L.A. because you're the only two crowds that get it. Middle America, like, I don't fucking know what the issue is. What's wrong? He touched a 14-year-old. We're fine. Hey, that's not how I wanted to start either. Don't even worry about it, you guys. Don't even worry about it. I'm having fun. I am. Uh, I just turned 30 a couple months back, and uh, I feel like I look fantastic for 40. Um, but I don't know what happened here. Like, I feel like I look like a high school golf coach in his night out, you know? Like, I feel... Like, that's what I look like, right? Like, I'm not going to lie. My hairline starts right here. That's where it starts. I have to get a razor blade today and shave just the front part of my head because if I don't, this is how I'm balding, everyone. You see this right in the middle? I'm balding splotchily, right? 
Like, I don't even have, I'm not this thing. I just have a chunk of hair that's fucking growing down here and then nothing in the middle. Like, it's shiny. It's like shiny in the middle where it means it's never coming back. And then I just got a huge chunk of hair that's just growing down like the state of Florida, just fucking ruining it for the rest of the country. So my friends said, try Rogaine. I'm like, I did. I grew a mullet. That's not the look I'm looking for here. And some dudes like you, I see you eyeing me down. You're like, fuck this guy, right? I get it. Don't worry. I, I know what you did. This guy shaved all of his hair. You're like, fuck it. We're just going to shave all the sides, which I unfortunately don't agree with. I can't agree with that. Dude, it's 2016, right? There's a lot of hormones in food nowadays. If the hair grew down to my back. It could come back up. I don't know. I don't know. I've gotten to the point where I just started shaving my back hair exclusively to get it thicker and thicker and thicker. So when I hit 65, I'm just going to have a back hair comb over. It's going to be great. Fucking <laughs> great. About a week after I turned 30, I went to my doctor to get my 30,000-mile checkup. And I found out that I have a hereditary blood disorder called hereditary hemochromatosis. Uh, thank you for laughing at that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I have a disease. She's like, <laughs> do you know what it is by chance? Nope, you just were kind of being a dick there. All right, that's cool. Basically what it means is my body holds too much iron in my blood, and if I don't get it regulated, I'm going to die, right? Again, I, <laughs> the fuck is that? I'm going to die. <laughs> Metal, All right. <laughs> So I found this out because on a normal scale of 20 to 40 units of iron, I had 942. Yikes is right. Like, right? My first question was, Doctor, how are magnets not sticking to me right now? What the hell? <laughs> Follow-up question, can I legally change my name to Iron Man now? Is that the thing I can do? So I freak out. I go through all these tests. I maxed out my insurance deductible. I got an uh, MRI on my heart. I got a biopsy on my liver which was super comfortable. And at the end of it, my doctor pulls me to his office and he says, well, Brent, you do have this disorder, but the way that we regulate it so you don't die is we're going to take a pint of your blood every month for the rest of your life. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, did I just make sure I understand you correctly? Uh, did I just pay you $4,000 to tell me to have my period? <laughs> Is there like a money back program I can get on this? I don't like that result either. Now, the reason I tell you this is because I found a way to turn this lemon into a lemonade, uh, and it's quite tasty. Uh, with this blood, I donate it to a local company called Bonfies, and they give my blood to people that have been in accidents, that have been, I, I'm, I'm saving lives. At this point, I've donated about five gallons of blood, which is a weird increment that they say, hey, here's a certificate. You've given us five gallons of blood. I'm like, oh, that's creepy, right? <laughs> And, and the thing about it is I've got really good blood, too. It's iron-rich. I smoke a ton of weed, right? So I'm pretty sure my blood's got therapeutic levels of THC in there, right? Like whoever's getting my blood's just like, oh, fuck, that's nice. Oh, God. Is that an indica? That's good. Wow, that's really good, right? Now, anytime I donate blood, they always, it's federally mandated to test each sample for HIV. Now, I had a false positive on an HIV screening. Yeah which I realize totally gives away to the end of the story. And that's all right, because this joke is not about the end of the story. This is about the journey. <laughs> Let me tell you how I found out that I do not have HIV. 
I get a phone call, right? Now, when Bonfils calls you, it's for one of two reasons. One, it's blood drive season, or two, you have HIV. That's it. Like, there's no middle ground. Like, hey, how'd that last one go? Nope, it's either you're going to die or people are dying. Help us, right? So when she calls me, and this happened last, this is my second time in LA ever, this trip right now. Last time I was in there, staying at this dope Airbnb, Silver Lake, great view. I get a call from Bonfies. She verifies me, and this is exactly how it goes. She goes, Brent, as you know, with every sample you give, we're federally mandated to screen it for HIV. You've tested positive on our first screening. Now, do you have a cold or allergies? <laughs> And then she goes, because if you do, and she said it real cunty like that too, right? Like, if you do, that can trigger our first screening. And anytime someone tests positive on our first screening, we put the blood through three more in-depth tests, and you tested negative on all three of those, so you do not have HIV. <laughs> Excuse me, M. Night Shyamalan? What the fuck was that? You can't withhold information to have a twist at the end of the phone call. Are you serious? Like, what does your workday look like, lady? You just go to work in your Nissan Versa, park in your shitty parking spot, walk a quarter mile to work, sit in a dumb cubicle, taking shitty phone call after shitty phone call after shitty phone call. But you're just going to save those five false positive calls for the end of the day so you can go home feeling better about yourself because you just Steve Harvey'd the shit out of five people. All right, thank you guys very much. My name is Brent Hill. Thanks for having me, everybody. comics on the show. Do you have it in your hearts for these two final comics? They are. I love them both. They're both fantastic. You guys, please give a warm welcome to Ahmed Weinberg, everybody. Hey. Hi. <laughs> oh, man. Brent's talking about weed. I, I'm like... I'm excited for weed to get legalized, but we need to really change how it's named if it's going to be medicine, you know? Like, I don't know any legitimate medicine called, like, purple derple. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not going to get through Congress. If you can picture some woman, like, my son has seizures. Every day he needs the Hulk's dick to get to school. <laughs> Do you understand? We need to do something about it. He needs a heavy hit of Yoda's beard every morning. <laughs> I have some ideas. If we're going to rename it, you know, we could keep it scary. I like that. I like train wreck and all that scary shit. But we should be able to relate to it a little more, you know? Like, I've never been in a train wreck like, I want to go to the dispensary. The guy should be like, this is the best weed we've ever had. This is called uh, transferring to a new middle school. <laughs> this, you smoke that, you got to make a whole new group of friends. <laughs> I like technology, you know? Like, I'm excited for the app that's going to replace the police. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Like the way Uber replaced cabs and then Tinder replaced our hearts, kind of. <laughs> you know, there's going to be an app called, I think it's going to be called Help. Spelled with a Y somehow, you know. <laughs> and your house is getting robbed, you're like, dude, call a Help, I got the last one. 
And help is just going to be a bunch of like unemployed millennials who just happen to own guns, you know? Just like eight, Andrew with an AK-47 will be there in 23 minutes. <laughs> Andrew shows up late. He's like, sorry, my Uber driver's an idiot. I, uh... <laughs> I like technology. Like, I like movies better than books, you know? I'm not scared of you. <laughs> I do. I think we do in America. I know that because when a book becomes a movie, they re-release the book with a picture from the movie on it. And then people buy the book again. They do, because we're dumb. We're at the store, we're like, hey, Johnny Depp's in this book. He's in the whole book? Silly. I like email better than mail, you know. I like email. You just click send and then it's gone, you know. The mail is the mail is crazy. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's every time I put a letter in a mailbox, my first thought is there's no way that works. <laughs> like how does that box next to the trash can get my letter somewhere, you know? Does anyone know what a voicemail is? <laughs> voicemail is, a, is an audio message from the past, and nobody needs it, ever. It is ruining, like, I still like it, though, and I'm wrong, you know? That's what I realized. I went on a date last Saturday, and, uh, well, by the way, Saturday is when you want to date me. I must say. <laughs> If anyone wants to date me, because Saturday is not me. That's a fictional character. I put on a costume. You know what I mean? Like, we're all fake people on the weekend. That's how I feel. Like, when you're walking around, it's like we're all actors in this big movie called Saturday. That's how I feel. We're all characters, and we're, I'm acting. I have a sidewalk persona. You know, I'm just walking down the street. We're laughing at nothing, me and my friends, and like... In my head, my ex-girlfriend's going to drive by and, like, see me cracking my friends up as I, like, kick the crosswalk button. <laughs> She'll be like, I loved Saturday Ahmed, you know? Let's forget all about Wednesday Ahmed in that moment. <laughs> that is how relationships go, I think. When you, when you start dating someone, you're dating the Saturday version. That's true. It really is. <laughs> I really think so. I think when you're, you're it's, like a, it's like a very special person, you know? They're where everything's new and they're excited. And then you get in like a Sunday version of the relationship. That's like sleeping in and sex and movies. And that's great, you know? And then one day you're suddenly you're dating a Monday person. You know, and you're like, I don't remember you being this angry in traffic. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember you calling your dog the N-word that much. <laughs> That's really weird. <laughs> so I went on this date anyway. Fuck it. But I must say that my dad is a Wednesday forever. 
that's where he stopped. <laughs> I call my dad, I'm like, how's it going? He's like, it's almost over, you know? <laughs> my mom's a Taco Tuesday, you know? It's a beautiful relationship. So I, called, I, I went on a date Saturday, and then Sunday I was like, I'm not going to be a millennial and wait two days and t text her, like, hey. I'm going to call her because I want to talk to her and tell her I had fun and that I want to see her again. So I called her, and after the first ring, I was like, oh, I totally should have waited. <laughs> totally... Because every ring that went by, was, I, lost, I lost like a World Series win of confidence. I just knew, I knew that the voicemail was going to happen, you know? And that was, that's a terrifying thing, because I didn't know what I was going to say. And the voicemail was like, hi, uh, it's me, and I'm a millennial leaving a voicemail. So it's really brave of me. And I want you to know that this is going very well. <laughs> and then I hung up. <laughs> and she didn't want to go on another date. <laughs> no, that's not that sad. Seriously, the, the mail is, there's much sadder things that happen with mail. Like my ex-girlfriend sent me a love letter and then broke up with me two days later. So I got her love letter while I was heartbroken. <laughs> and I called her and I was like, hey, just so you know, the ghost of our love is here. I just want you to know that it's here and it's haunting me. And so if you could call me back, really appreciate it. <laughs> All right, thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. I don't know if he's still back there. Are you are you actually a millennial? What are you, what is your age? Twenty fucking six? I can't judge the age of men. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. Twenty six? That's a twenty six year old? Shit. Just like a full it looks that way forever, you know what I mean? Like a dude, once they have a beard, same. <laughs> I would believe you're 46. I mean, you look good for 46. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, what's he doing? You look great for 26, too. I just, you're, you actually are. You're totally a millennial. You're dating with, that's amazing to me. Like, that's amazing the world that you are in. I don't mean to be, this is very, I'm only, I'm 34. But we're a generation apart in terms of the internet, and that's a huge thing. Because, uh, like, when I, the only, I've actually, do you know what? I've never been on an internet date. I've never been on a date through, and I just called it an internet date. <laughs> I've I don't have, I mean, obviously, now I'm a, I mean, well, I was just say obviously now I'm a married person. That wouldn't mean anything. There are married people who date. There are different types of relationships. Um, I don't, I'm not on social things where you would, a, an app. I don't have these things for dating. I don't understand how that would work. I only, like, you, when I was in college, Facebook was invented. And I lived, I was in Boston at school, just like Blake, but I'm a couple years older than you as well. I actually just know that because I met you when you were a very young child. Do you remember that you were a very young baby? 
Yeah, at the Rooftop Comedy Festival. How old do you think you were? You were in college, right? Uh, or something? 20. You were 20. Yeah, I, I met you when you were 20. How old are you now? Uh, how dare you? Are no. <laughs> 27. 27. Yeah. That's amazing. I've known you for seven years. Um, yes. What if, I, what if I said the wrong thing? What if I just didn't do that math right? <laughs> and then you guys were like, I don't want to hear this dating shit at all. She couldn't remember the difference between 20 and 27. She's very untrustworthy. Um, but when I was at school in Boston, they invented the Facebook was like invented. And if you lived in Boston and you went to a college in Boston, you got to sign in through your college email address. Like we got to try it first, you guys. <laughs> and I was I only did it because my then girlfriend was like, "You should sign up for this. This is a cool thing." And I was like, "I don't understand why we would need it." Um, and she's like, because you look at pictures of people. And I was like, that's useless to me. Um, and, but she like set it up for me. Um, and so like the only thing that's really been in existence during the time that I was like doing most of my dating, none, like no apps or like internet dates, but a real thing. And I don't think this is as big of a deal anymore. Maybe Instagram. I don't know. But, like, you went on a date or you met someone at a bar and then you got to scroll through every photograph of everywhere that that person had ever been. Because if you're, like, three years older than me, like, my sister is three years older than me, she missed all of that. But, like, I remember when I met Rhea. Rhea, are you back there? Yes. <laughs> Did you... How quickly after us meeting did you look at like my gal- like Facebook gallery of photographs? Already had. Already had before we met? Well, before we met, I thought you said when we started dating. No, when we first met. How quickly between when we first met and when you went home and like looked through every photograph Same of day. me? Same day. <laughs> yeah, you too. You too. I feel like the, because apps are rad in some ways because you get to meet that person and it's very immediate, but there's like four pictures on there, right? I mean, the thing about that sweet spot of like only Facebook was that like, I knew so much shit about your life. Do not forget MySpace. Yes, I was also all over your MySpace. It's like, because you got to follow somebody's whole... It wasn't curated. It wasn't like meeting someone on Tinder and it's fucking curated and it's the three pictures that you think you look the hottest in or whatever you're trying to convey that day. It was like 700 pictures that include literally every family member that you have, all of your exes, some of them currently untagged. They did that, not you. You know, I saw someone you used to date somebody on Facebook when it was just the only the person whose profile it was that you tagged. Who's this woman? She was in a bunch of your shit. She's unnamed. <laughs> so it was like kind of an amazing time to meet and get to know each other. Anybody that's a little bit older or a little bit younger, like, will never get to have this experience of like that first internet blush when there was when we just couldn't figure out what to do with the internet yet. Like we didn't know how, we didn't know to limit it. Twitter wasn't a thing. We didn't know that, like, the internet will be most useful in small amounts. Three pictures, 140 characters, that's it. You know, like, at the time, it was like, take all of your stuff, take a picture of it, 
take that picture, put that in your gallery. I want a picture of my picture. All the pictures, take a picture of all your pictures. There was no throwback Thursday, that was every day. So like I met Rhea and I knew every place she'd ever lived. I knew every haircut she'd ever had. I like still love some of those photographs. I know what they look like. You know the one where you're in front of the house? She's not there anymore. And you have the cat you're in front of the house? Yeah, yeah, I have the cat in front of the house. Where are you in that picture? Yeah. I love that picture of you. I've never been there with you. I've never seen even the jeans you're wearing in that. They're weirdly boot cut. I don't know who took that picture. Yeah, you have kind of a funny haircut. Were you cutting? I understand. Yeah. You were looking very shame. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is like I think we actually won this one like you can keep your fucking sweet ass tinder everything's easy you know exactly who wants to fuck you and how far away they are you can keep it we got to see like yo what will this woman look like in 50 years because allow me to introduce you to her grandmother Okay, we got one final comic tonight. You guys, yes? Are we ready for one final comic? Amazing comic. Uh, let's hear it right after Mr. Dave Stone. Give it up for Dave. All right. You guys keep it going for the lovely wives. I borrowed this jacket from Rhea, so... Gotta get it back. Oh, it's good to be back in Los Angeles. I just got back from a week-long visit uh, to visit my family in Georgia. And not cool, hip-hop, outcast Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, They live in South Georgia, where there is an alarming lack of diversity, as you could imagine. I don't mean like there's only three people of color on the city council lack of diversity. More like the white people own the Chinese restaurants lack of diversity. And I learned this by calling a Chinese restaurant while I was down there, and I got, Pie in the Garden, can I help you? And I panicked and hung up. (laughs) No thanks, Panda Garden. I don't want some dickhead I went to high school with making my Chinese food. Come on. But, uh, yeah, I moved on, got a pizza. But it it, it really, I I really thought I had the wrong number. I was like, holy shit, just a reflex. Well, that's not, and then, like, I was like, no, he said Panda Garden. What? What happened there? I should have called back, because I, A, I wanted to know this guy's story. B, he could have probably upsold me on all kinds of shit. He was very enthusiastic. Well, how many people you try to feed this evening, sir? Uh, if it's more than three or four, you probably want to go with one of our panda party packs. Uh, with that, you could choose up to four entrees, uh, white or fried rice, six egg rolls, and your choice of soup. Now, those entrees, they could be anything on the left side of the menu. Orange chicken, sesame chicken, general so's chicken. A lot of people don't know if it's so's or sal. Just call me up and say so's. I'll know what you mean. <laughs> Mugu Gapan, that's also chicken. Uh, Szechuan chicken. Uh, beef and broccoli. I mean, we got a whole bunch of shit you could order from. And uh, A lot of people want to know, what's a country boy from Pickens County, Georgia, doing running a Chinese food restaurant? Well, it's a long story. I've always had a love affair with Chinese food. Uh, big old pothead, if we're being honest. And... Uh, me and my buddies get stoned up on a couple J's. I always go to that sesame chicken. Goddamn, I love that shit. And, uh, yeah, we used to eat that shit at work. I was an independent contractor for 13 years, did a bunch of construction. 
Did a little plumbing, a little HVAC. That construction boom would have been 90s dried up. I was out of work, and I was like, well, shit, I ain't going to piss in no cup. I'm my own boss, you know. I can't sit behind no desk. And one thing led to another. I married this old girl. She's Chinese. Well, she's from Phoenix. Her parents were Chinese. And come to find out, her daddy owns seven different panda gardens all over western Georgia and eastern Alabama, and he's getting up there in age. And she's like, why don't you take over one of the panda gardens? Like, shit, I don't know nothing about no Chinese food. Truth be told, I started thinking, ain't a whole lot of difference between orange chicken and sesame chicken and General Tso's chicken. It's all just chicken with some goop on it, you know? And I'm like, well, shit, I'll give it a shot. Seven years later, we're thriving. I'm up to my asshole of crab rangoons and mooshu pork, mooshu chicken. That mooshu's versatile. We can mooshu just about anything, really. And, you know, another question people have is, how long is this bit going to be? Is this what it is? Is just comes up here with sides of goddamn Chinese food menu. That's stand-up comedy. I don't know. I tell you what, though, I'm breaking down barriers. I'm a Jackie Robinson of Chinese food. All right. Where's it written that a white boy can't sell Chinese food? I want to live in a world where little Chinese boys and little black boys, and little white boys, sit down and eat egg roll together. It'd be a better place. There's no ending to this joke. It just goes on until you get bored. So, but yeah. If you want some real Anglo-Chinese food, check out Sandersville, Georgia. Um, I love food. I'm a very adventurous eater. You don't get this physique without taking a few chances. Um, I like to eat food. I like to cook. I'm a good cook. It's a miracle that I know anything about cooking because I come from a long line of terrible cooks. Uh, my mother, my grandmother, they all sucked. Bless their heart. By the way, your grandmother probably not as great a cook as you remember her being, all right? Like, we all love grandma, but eh, some of those kitchens aren't passing any health inspections, but my grandmother used to serve us uh, Velveeta cheese. Remember Velveeta cheese? She'd spin that as if it's like a delicacy. Like, oh, special occasion. Even at five, I was like, eh, this kind of sucks. What is... That's too orange, Mama. What's going on there? And one of her favorite dishes was uh, wieners and cheese. Uh, that's exactly what it sounds like. This is true. She would boil up a pack of hot dogs. Not even grill them. She would boil up a pack of hot dogs chop them up, throw them in a bowl, then she'd put four or five Kraft American singles on top, stick that in the microwave, bon appetit, wieners and cheese. Thanks, Memo. Appreciate the effort on that one. She would have been a terrible Food Network host. Welcome to Supper Time with Bernice. Today we're going to make my grandson's favorite dish, hot dog casserole. Now, you want to start with a 12-pack of Oscar Mayer wieners. Now, remember, your good friend Oscar Mayer has already done all the cooking, so you just want to heat them up a little bit with some boiling water. <laughs> Chop those up and throw them in a microwave-safe bowl, and then you can place some cheese. You can put any type of cheese on top. I prefer the flavor of the Kraft Singles, because they're typically on sale. Now... <laughs> When the cheese is on top, just stick it in the microwave and hit the popcorn button. I don't know how long it takes, but typically the popcorn... If you, In the event that your microwave does not have a popcorn button, just sing your favorite Baptist hymnal. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline, someone is drifting away. Beam. All right, that's ready. When we get back, we're going to tackle hamburger steak. Surprise, it's just a hamburger without the bun. <laughs> and for dessert, we're going to make an assortment of hard candies. Those are... <laughs> I prefer the peppermint disc. 
It reminds me of Christmas, not because of the color, but because each one's its own little present. Thanks for tuning in to Supper Time with Bernice. Guys, that's all I got. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming out one more time for Rhea and Cameron. Thanks to all you guys. Supper Time with Bernice. Give it up for Dave Stone one more time. Oh, you guys. Well, wait, first of all, before we end the show, our producer Ryan, who's in the booth, just ran out here and told me really great news. Uh, and Rhea, do you know what show is after this tonight? No, I don't know. Doug Loves Movies. Oh. And number one, we love Doug Loves Movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number two, for years, Doug Loves Movies oh. was ahead of oh, our show. Man. And every week, when they would go over their time, Doug Benson would say on his podcast, apologies to put your hands together. It happened so much that people would yell it at me when I toured on the road. <laughs> they made a t-shirt of it. Yeah. Just said, they made apologies to put your hands together. <laughs> they made a t-shirt. And technically, our show is done at 9.15. And if you look at the clock behind you, you will see that it is currently 9.24. And so, in fact, due to my scoliosis story... <laughs> We have gone nine minutes over our allotted time, and so for the first time ever, because Doug Loves Movies never follows our show, I get to say apologies to Doug Loves Movies. And that actually feels really great. Hillary Clinton did win Kentucky tonight, and you just won this, so... So again, just really dividing the audience right at the end. I know. Everybody unified and then just one last Hillary pitch. Beyonce! I know, terrible news. I'm with her too. You're fucked. Like, you're surrounded. She's going to win. I'm so sorry to no one. Because we're going to live our lives the way we want to. Okay, guys. One more time for everybody who saw tonight on the show. from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> 
Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.